Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Yunus. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello, audience. Welcome to our 2022 Digital Marketing Planning panel session. We're very excited about all having all these experts join us today. I am kind of sad to tell you that Shelly isn't able to make it today uh, because she and her and her husband, Kevin, are at Kevin's post-op meeting with their doctors. And Shelly has told you what's that all about. Uh, we have uh, six great panel members and friends. I have a number of questions that I'm going to uh, ask them about how what, how what to expect in 2022 and what they're planning to do in 2022. And we're, we're very grateful for them to having uh, come to this panel. We look forward to future panels with them and we look forward to them engaging with one another uh, because I think just having them converse with each other will create uh, a lot of uh, marketing energy. Uh, so here's how we're gonna run the show today. I'm gonna start by asking each of our panel members to introduce themselves with who they are, uh, what they do and the companies that they work for. I have a series of questions that I'm gonna ask in a roundtable fashion. And then at the end of each question, I'll ask our panel members if they have any additional commentary on what was previously discussed. At the end, I'm gonna ask our panel members to share with you where they can be found on the internet and any um, freebies or uploads that they have available or downloads rather that they have available for you uh, that they can share. Uh, and then of course we'll do our outro. If you have any questions for anyone, uh, uh, pr uh, precede your question with the name of the person you'd like initially to answer the question, and then I'll probably make a roundtable uh, of that. You can enter those questions in the chat, and my friend Jen is watching the chat to make sure that we get all those questions answered. Also, for you panel members, if you have a question for another panel member based on their commentary, please feel free to ask a question. We can uh, keep the conversation going. We are limiting the panel session to one hour, um, so I'm going to ask our panel members to get their responses out quickly. If you go too long, I'll probably just do a, a hem or um uh, and make a, a polite interruption to keep us moving. So I'm going to use uh, my screen. I don't know how everybody else sees their screen. And I'm going to call it around the horn. So I'm going to ask each of our panel members to introduce themselves. Oh, I do want to mention something else. Since this uh, uh, live stream eventually ends up as a podcast, I will be using their names a lot, probably overusing their names, because I want the people who are listening to the podcast to know who's making the contribution, okay? So let's start with their introductions. And Jen McFarland, let's start with you. Hi, my name is Jen McFarland. I'm the founder of Women Conquer Business. It's a digital marketing consultancy. And I really love helping technophobe business owners. So people who don't who just get overwhelmed by making all of the integrations, making all of the connections, who want to streamline the back end of their marketing operations, and in general, feel more comfortable with putting themselves out there. Now, I do a lot of different things, but that's really my lane today. So thank, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Barbara? 
I'm Barbara Portsline. I am the founder of Organizational Rebel, and I am a business strategist and an organizational intuitive. So I use a combination of deep OD experience and intuition to help people really fall in love with the work they do. Many years in marketing, my background's in clinical psych, evaluation, organizational development, and really my passion is to help people design a business that has time freedom that they <laughs> love more than anything. Thank you, Barbara. Tim? Uh, so my name's Tim Fitzpatrick. Uh, my company's Rialto Marketing. We, uh, <clears throat> we help service-based businesses primarily create, implement, and manage a marketing plan to communicate the right message to the right people so they can build results that last. So uh, what I see is so many people are overcomplicating over marketing and uh, it doesn't need to be that way. So we want to make it simple. Uh, great. I think simple marketing strategies are the best. Matthew? Uh, my name is Matthew O'Brien. I have a company, Mint Social. We're a digital marketing strategy firm. Uh, we accelerate marketing results through a process we call failure hacking. We like to fail early often. You know, we don't learn from our successes as much as our failures. And we really work with businesses that have a lot of fears, challenges in the past. You know, unfortunately, us in this space don't always deliver on what we um, say we do. So we like to eliminate that confusion and uh, look for ways to create scalable, repeatable success that we can build momentum. And typically, businesses hire us to generate online sales or leads, and, and we work with a lot of different sectors from business to business to business to consumer. Thank you, Matthew. I should mention that Matthew and I met as a result of us having the same client. We both serve a client his, from his perspective and mine from mine, so it's uh, good to have him on board. DJ, was that your automatic light? Yes. Oh, I virtual. You got to love it, right? Yeah. I Thank you, Toby. Well, you still looked great, by the way. You did still good lighting, so... I'm DJ Heckes, founder and owner of Exhibit uh, Visual Solutions. And for busy owner, for busy business owners and executives who don't have time or money to waste on event and retail marketing, what we do is we take the stress out of events through providing innovative displays, graphics, marketing materials, so you can focus on what you do best. And that's a better way to run your business. I truly believe marketing is overwhelming to a lot of business owners. And I love this panel because you have a lot of creativity on this panel and a lot of overlapping. I'd like to think so. So Shelly and I have known DJ for over seven years now, and we've watched her transition uh, her business to a hybrid business and done a great job of it. So I'm excited to hear uh, the kinds of contributions she can make uh, to today's panel. And uh, finally, Dr. Ty Belkamp. Hey everybody, I'm Ty Belknap with Port Bell SEO. We do all the techie nerd work to help you get your website to the top of the search engines for the keywords that your customers are looking for. Thank you, Ty. And I'm, I, you know what? That key, that K in your name stops. Every time, so. I do that on purpose just to I mess with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ty has been a guest on one of our shows, and I have yeah. been a guest on one of his shows. And I think he's planning to have Shelly as a guest on one of his shows as well. All I right, sure let's so. get started with the QA. But I do want to mention to those of you sitting in the audience uh, if you do have a question, please post it in the chat room. We'll make sure it gets to the panel members. And if you have a question that's directed specifically at 
one of the panel members, please feel free to begin your uh, question with their name. And that way I'll ask them first and then we can move on to the other panel members. All right, let's start with not the beginning, but the past. Uh, and I'm gonna start, Ty, I'm gonna go around the horn, but I'm gonna start with you this time. So what did you learn about marketing from 2021? The biggest thing I learned about marketing from 2021, I'm going to, I'm going to equate that to my clients. My clients are small businesses and it affected them hugely. And the biggest thing that I learned was, um, pivoting, really pivoting from doing things the same old way. I, I've been talking until my ears bleed to people about having to get onto the internet, but you know, a lot of small businesses, well, well this is the way we've done it all of our lives. This is where we're going to keep doing it. All of a sudden I'm getting phone calls saying, okay, I need to change. But now, unfortunately, my business is also closed. And so I have no money. <laughs> and so my, I, I would say pivot, pivoting, figuring out the, the digital way to do marketing has been the big thing for my clients. Thank you, DJ. What did you learn from 2021? I would say resilience and perseverance. Uh, talking about pivoting, you know, it is such a big word. I had to take an event and trade show industry that totally crashed for 21 months and decide how to stay alive, keep my employees fed on income and figure out a way to offer other services to think outside the box. So what we did was we created a lot of virtual events that were online, hosted some global events, and we're still doing a couple in person and trade shows are coming back. Yeah, I'm going to share this and I hope you don't mind with the audience. I remember having a telephone conversation with DJ back in 2020 when she told me that she had a couple of choices. One was to figure out how to make this transition and uh, and use her uh, resiliency or just figure out how to let go of the business. Uh, and uh, it's obvious to me that she was very successful in transitioning into uh, what I think of as the new world of marketing. Thank you for that, DJ. Matt, how about you? What did you learn from 2021? Mostly that, uh, and it's, it's, I think it's the same every year. Uh, in fact, it's probably every six months, reinventing yourself. We're in a very punishing space. Um, and you know, businesses are, they're either there or they're going to get there and um, you need to get them on with training wheels. And the best way to start is they always want new business and leads. So if it's SEO, good luck. You're going to take some time to, uh, it's not to click your heels and, and uh, have action. So uh, we do a lot more pay-per-click now, but um, we've also, uh, we love working with like Toby because, uh, you know, a lot of clients have underutilized digital assets uh, or like podcasts and content that just never really got any love or light. And um, and that's a great place to start. So we always we've done a lot of that in 2021 is just getting started with the content model. We like to do interviews. It's just a great way to do it. It's kind of like training wheels to get started. And then we slice and dice that content up and uh, we have a powerful uh, syndication model uh, with a huge fan base that we can get the word out. And it's, it's, it helps to build that fear factor of if, if I'm just getting started, how do we do it? Or building momentum like Tony, uh, uh, Toby has done with, uh, with the client we have mutual. It, it was like, how is this going to work? And all of a sudden, you know, business is coming in the door and he couldn't be more happy with it. And doing a pivot, reinventing himself. So, yeah. um, you know, you never know what happens. 
Yeah, I'm very excited for what uh, we see in his space, uh, and I and I have uh, suggested to him on several occasions that he should start including interviews in his program because I think he would make an excellent interviewer. So I'm pushing him that way as well, uh, Matthew. Thank you, uh, Tim. How about you? Uh, what did you learn from 2021? Gosh, you know this is pretty similar to what most of the panelists have talked about, you know, we needed to be open to change, right? If we're, if we're resistant to change, we're going to run into a lot of problems as business owners. So uh, now having said that, I think, you know, we had to be open to, do we need to change some of the tactics we were using? Do we need to change some of our offers, some of the services that we have? Uh, having said that, where I focus on the marketing end, which is the fundamentals, those don't change. They're immutable. I don't care what's going on in the market. So, there was a lot of change the last few years, but there's still a lot of things that are the same and they're always going to be the same. That's a, that's a great place to be. Thank you, Tim. Barbara. Can you repeat the question? The exactly question you is, it the first time. No, that's fine. The question is, what did you learn about marketing from 2021? Okay. I just want to make sure I had it because I am a little older than I look. And so sometimes by the time it gets to me, I'm like, what the hell was the damn question again? All right. So for me, it's, it's, I know it sounds weird, but it's old school. So I actually, with my clients, we just talked about calling up someone like really on the telephone, not texting, not sending them a messenger, like picking up the phone and calling people and saying, how can I give value to this person today? And for our marketing, that's what we did. We went back to old school. There's a lot of noise um, on social media. There was a lot of noise on the internet. And really it's about being authentic aligned and giving value. And that's what I learned for 2021. And people that did that and didn't think of, can I get a lead? Can I get a sale? And really just mm -hmm. focus on value, increase their business exponentially through relationships and trust. That's, uh, that's excellent advice. Thank you, Barbara. Jen? Thanks, Toby. I think that what I learned really the most is you can still have goals amidst all of this uncertainty. And I learned that long ago because I was in Peace Corps where you don't know anything and everything's uncertain. But business owners who were hesitant to make some of the changes as we shifted, I like the way Toby put it as like a whole new world. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like Tim, I work in fundamentals and we can still set up short, medium and long-term goals that meet the needs of an organization when you focus on the fundamentals and you're not just chasing trends all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that has really helped anchor not only my work, but also calm my clients down is the idea that you don't have to know everything that's going to happen. But if you know what it is that you want, we can position and point you in that direction, no matter so what's going on outside. Thank you, Jen. So I, I'm, I don't normally as a moderator add to this, but I do have two things that I want to add. Number one is what we learned from 2021 is that we're better at pivoting than our clients. And that means they need a lot of help and support and patience, 
and Shelly is very good with this. I'm not as good as Shelly. Uh, but uh, what they need is a lot of help and support and patience, getting them through this idea of what I would call the new world of uh, digital marketing. The second thing that, ha and, and this just happened yesterday, but I realized that 2021 prevented me from doing this. I attended, uh, Shelly and I attended a Sandler Sales Institute online webinar on the topic of prop prospecting. And the gentleman started by going around the room and he called on me first. And he said, Toby, what, uh, what is your business? And I said, I started, you know, we produce things for other people. And he said, no, it's not. It's prospecting. And you forget that. You forget that there's some fundamentals, and I'm sure Tim would agree, and I'm sure Matthew would agree. There's some fundamentals like prospecting and phone calls and emails that because we rely so much on our online and perhaps even our social media interactions, we don't do. We stop doing. And that's still a requirement, those fundamentals yeah. that you need in order to engage not a customer, but a prospect, because that's how you're going to add uh, customers to your base. Well, thank you all for that. That was, a, that was very good. And I'm going to start with you, DJ, on the next one. And okay. that is how, knowing where we are in 2022, how is 2022, just the year and the situation we're in, uh, uh, going to affect your, your marketing plans? What's your plan for 2022? Well, my plan is I actually have a new lease space. I knew that a lot of clients and a lot of our industry exhibit houses were closing and it's sad in our, you know, people my size. So we actually planned for the growth of complete show management services. So I tripled my warehouse and I have inherited five new customers. The first week of January, I actually closed a double deck display in another custom over 200,000 the first week. So that's a great start to me on what I'm seeing in our industry. I'm also on the national board for Exhibit Designer Producers Association. And what I'm seeing is people are understanding the difference in exhibiting in trade show. It is more than just face-to-face -face now. It's your pre-show marketing, your digital, your social media, how you deliver in your content, what value you give in your customer. And it's all of that. So what I'm seeing in 2022 is like you said, Jen, getting back to the basics, what's in it for the customer, and how do you differentiate yourself and what is your customer persona in understanding the journey? Yeah, that's a, a great advice. Matthew, what is your 2022 going to look like from a marketing perspective? And, and especially because you have clients that have to deal with it as well. Yeah, so um, we've done a pivot where we're focusing primarily on businesses that are more purpose-driven. Uh, being in the marketing industry, you, you end up inheriting some really challenging clients that uh, you have to manufacture a message that works. And uh, I was censored so much by my client um, campaigns through uh, YouTube, Facebook. I do work with a lot of nonprofits that I just was, it was mind-blowing that um, this type of censorship is allowed and going on. So <clears throat> it really uh, <clears throat> led us to we developed an app to um, to create authority uh, through websites and publishing of content. And that's really our focus is to find uh, servant leaders and thought leaders that are CEOs on boards or working with nonprofits, really making a fundamental difference in their communities and, and helping to deliver their message in a more humble way, but really uh, backdooring their, their service. And it's, it seemed like a tall ask last year, but um, it's just becoming uh, very prevalent that this is 
this is the way to go. So, you know, really in a summary, we're, we're elevating the, uh, the expertise of the, of the executive team of a company that is really has a story to tell. That's not just about their company. Yeah. Great strategy. Tim, uh, what's your 2022 uh, marketing going to look like? More of the same, same as I did in 2021. No, no changes for me. It, uh, we are heavily, from a marketing standpoint, from my own company, heavily content-based. Uh-huh. We do a lot of content. And when I say content, I mean that pretty loosely. Uh-huh. It's what we're doing right now. It's our own podcast. It's workshops. It's speaking all of that we use to drive all of our other marketing channels. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I mentored under John Jance over at duct tape marketing. And one of the uh-huh. things he talks about is content is air at this point. You know, it used to be content is King. Uh-huh. I do not know how you grow a business online without producing content. So uh-huh. that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, you know, uh, I remember uh, when we used to talk about content is king, I had not heard that uh, the new content is air, but we, <laughs> as, uh, you know, uh, our our framework is the campaign content framework. I mean, we're we're big believers because of you should know uh, on this with the members of our panel, we're big big believers in content production. And what's great about it is producing content has gotten exponentially easier. Uh, over the years. And I think that's why I like it so much. I've spent way less time in an editing room, uh, whether it's for video, audio, or a text. So Barbara, I'm going to ask the question again. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are your plans going to change for your marketing plans are going to change for 2022? So it's an interesting question for us because we, our company does two things. We work with small business owners on their marketing and their message, and we do organizational development for medium and large size businesses. So to answer that question for our personal marketing, our marketing has shifted quite a bit because in the past two years or so, you can't sit in the middle anymore. And what I mean by that is our marketing is a lot more polarizing. It's a lot more disruptive. It's about no more check the box kind of training and things that organizations have done for years and really calling our clients up a level to make a difference in their organization, in engagement in the world. And I know it sounds a little preachy and I get like that when you get me on a roll. And at the same time, It's important because work has shifted so much and engagement in these companies has shifted so much that you can't just sit and say, oh, yeah, everything's fine. We'll do another Zoom meeting. Doesn't work. So our marketing is a lot more polarizing. Uh Very good. Thank you, Barbara. Jen? Thanks, Toby. I would say that it comes down to two things. And I would say that this is a reflection of not only my own marketing, but what I share with my clients as well is it comes down to consistency and listening, listening to the clients, listening to what you know inside. Like we don't, sometimes we're not our own best customers, <laughs> whether it's in marketing or anything else. So listen, listening and then being consistent about, you know, if you say something on Facebook, it better be on your Google business profile. It better be on your website. You know, all of the messaging, how you treat your clients, how how you message to people that you don't know f- for leads, like that all needs to be consistent and uniform. And that's really the goal for myself and then in my work with clients this year. 
That's very uh, that's uh, uh, very good thought. And and I want to ask the next question about the clients. But before, oh, I'm sorry, Ty. Need to give. I need to make sure I get all the way around the horn. So, Ty, uh, how is 2022 going to affect your marketing plans? Well, I'm actually going to go a little bit against the flow. I've never okay. done that before in my life. Uh, and I'm going to yeah. say, do it different. There, there's yeah. a lot of people that are talking about doing the same and doing more. And and Tim talked about content marketing. I'm a big content marketer myself. But when you've got a website where all the major web pages already have two to 3,000 words and they're already done correctly, what are you not doing? Mm -hmm. I might have a client that's got a great content website, but they have no backlinks coming back to their site. Or we might have a client that has an amazing social media site, tons of Facebook lives, but they've never taken them and moved them to YouTube. Right. So what are you not doing that you can start doing? And even if it doesn't work, as mm -hmm. we all know, the stuff that doesn't work kind of teaches us more than the stuff that does work sometimes, doesn't it? And so that, that's why and we actually started this last year with our clients. We started looking at what are we not doing that we could be doing? No, I, I think that's uh, excellent. So I do want to tell our audience, if you do have a question, either for the entire panel or just one of the panel members, please uh, indicate that by adding it to uh, the chat. And um, if, you, if you wanted to go specifically to one of the panel members, precede your question with, uh, with um, the person's name. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post that from... Uh, my son, my oldest son, Jason, who's watching us today, who's quite the marketeer himself. He's an artist, so he has to be really, really good at that. Uh, so uh, I think I'll direct this question starting uh, with you, Matt. Given content is A-R-R, and I'm, I think he's going to have to tell me what that is. Air. air. Tim, air? Tim said content yeah. was air. Oh, yes. okay. Given content is air, if you're an old school manufacturer, which is what he is, uh, how do you take advantage of the new digital content marketing model? So, uh, Tim, since you brought it up, let's start with you, and I'll go around the horn on this question. I'm going to leave the question up uh, so that we can uh, so that uh, we can answer it. Then I've got another question for you de dealing with social media. So, Tim, let's go back to you since you brought up air. Cool. Content is yeah. So I I think some of the other panelists will have more to add to this, but my answer to this question is going to be it depends, and it depends because you need to understand as a manufacturer. Who are your ideal clients? Everything from a marketing standpoint starts with your ideal clients. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that, you are going to have no idea what the hell you need to do. So you got to first understand who those ideal clients are and understand. I think it was DJ that um, touched on this. You got to understand the customer journey, the journey yep. that they have, mm -hmm. the time they think about buying from you as a manufacturer or, or a competitor all the way through buying and doing repeat and referral business. When you understand what that journey is, who they are, what's important to them, then you can start to identify the types of content that you need to create to push them through, to pull them through that journey and meet the, your, you can create content for each stage of the customer journey, but you can't do that until you first understand what the journey is. So, that's and, a very uh, yeah. out there answer, but it's yeah. the best way I can tell you how to answer it. You got to, you know, this is Jen. I totally agree, Tim, because fundamentally good content and or search engine optimization, getting found on Google, all of that. It's really about answering customers' questions. And if you're not answering the questions that they're asking, <laughs> then, and you're not in the places where they are, then, you know, no marketing consultant in the world is going to be able to help you. We are not 
mind readers. We can take a best guess based on what happens in manufacturing, but part of this is about the work that you do around your specific people, and then we're here to help you facilitate that in the best way we can. So I'm going to go to the others in just a moment, but since I know Jason and what he does, I'm going to add another dimension. He actually has what I would call three product lines. He produces art and he sells art, but he also sells tools and he also sells training. So he has kind of this well-rounded approach to what he's doing. Uh, Barbara, your thoughts on what do you do to take advantage of the new digital content marketing model? Uh, I, just to repeat what everyone else said, it, it is about your ideal client. It's about their psychographics, the demographics, what keeps them up at night, where do they hang out, what, you know, are they waking up in the middle of the night saying, oh my God, I need a piece of art, or are they saying, oh my God, I need tools, or this training that I've taken has, you know, can really take me to the next level. So it's about figuring out what is it. People usually buy something they need, they want, not necessarily what they need, or they have a problem they don't want that you can solve. So figuring out what that is. And then in our company, we use something called the conversion equation for marketing. So the first thing is a headline that interrupts people in their tracks. So once you know the ideal client, what is keeping them up at night? So for me, it would be, you know, are you tired of posting on social media with no results? Okay, that's a headline that might stop me. Then we do a sub headline that engages. What if I told you I had a process that every time you put something on social media, your, your ideal client would raise their hand? Okay, now I'm engaged. Then it would go into something that educates my four-step process, blah, 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 my proprietary process, and then an, an offer that's irresistible. So it's four pieces, a headline that engages, a, a headline that stops people in the tracks, a subheadline that engages, something that educates, that shows why you're different, why you're better, while your tools, your training, whatever. And then an irresistible offer that has no um, obligation. So not like, hey, get on a call with me and I'll tell you about all my junk. No one wants to hear that. So something that they can download, something that they find valuable. That's where I personally would start once you're clear on your ideal client. So uh, Ty, anything uh, to add to that? Uh not really to add that they did a fantastic job, but maybe just another way of thinking about it. And I tell my clients this when I'm coaching them, you sell the sizzle. You know, you think about it. You've got that hot, hot barbecue and you just put it on there and you can, you can hear that sizzle and you can start to smell the smell. But is that smell meat or is it vegetables? <laughs> yeah. If you don't know your ideal client, you might be selling meat to vegetarians. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important to know that. So, DJ, anything to add? Yeah, I love what Barbara said, Anti. Thank you. You know, I would take it a little further when I'm doing my marketing outreach, Jason, and you're young and I'm sure you're hip because I know your dad and I know you know technology. <laughs> and it is hard. I, when you say old manufacturer, you know, I assume you've been in business a long time. And a lot of times we have to look at a business in a rebirth baby eyes position. And when you're looking at that differentiator of what you do, you know, what certifications do you have? How are you funneling on your website? Or are you doing maybe in your email marketing campaigns or your ad campaigns? Are you doing like A-B testing to find the right audience? Because, you know, I always say you want to be deep and narrow. You don't want to be wide and shallow. So really narrow down and you might even have two or three different personas to go after with different messages on your testing. Thank you. Uh, Matt, anything to add? Um, <clears throat> I think the question's a little misleading because uh, one of those businesses is not 
in old school manufacture. <laughs> it's a very new model called selling content in courses online. That's a completely different beast. Shouldn't be grouped in there at all. Um, maybe a reference to it, but that's a completely different business. Um, and the artwork, um, you know, that just seems to be a social play with micro influencers and uh, potentially some pay-per-click to just test the waters and see um, what people think about your art and uh, who the audience is. Sometimes we, as marketers, think we can figure out who your audience is, but art's a funky thing. Um, and you're going to probably want to throw it out to a, you're going to probably have to go um, wide funnel before you can build narrow unless uh, you can find a vein in there. So a lot of uh, failure hacking is I'd like to say to, uh, to really find your audience, but uh, that's part of the fun. Well, I, I should point out that when uh, Jason uh, uses the word old school manufacturer, his art is uh, metalwork and he mm. does everything by hand. And his classes, when he, he does have classes, they're person to person classes. They meet. Oh, in, nice. They meet in locations that uh, there's a beautiful location that I filmed for him once at uh, the old San Isidro uh, church, but they meet in person. And what's amazing about this work to me, and I'm, I'm just sharing some of my experiences with my own son. What's amazing about this work is you walk in and they're all pounding with the hammers on the metal and you hear that sound. If I ever go to visit him at a show or a museum, you know, where he's doing his work, all I have to do is follow the sound of the hammering. Bung, bung, bung. It's uh, really amazing. So he is, uh, it is very old school. Oh, and that's the other thing. The work that he does is based on uh, the work that was, that is uh, managed by the Spanish Colonial Art Society. So this, this work goes back literally to the 1500s. Uh, and uh, he's a member, as is my daughter. They're both members of the Spanish Colonial Art Society, both artists. Jason, thank you very much for that. Uh, for that Ty, go ahead. Um, I've worked with several painter artists uh -huh. and the big thing that they always want to do is they want to do galleries of their work, which of course you do want to do because their, their artwork is just amazing. But the problem is, and this is, this is how you can take care of the, or take advantage of the digital content marketing model is when you do things like that, whether it might be your metal work or your painting or whatever it is, also use words to describe it. Uh -huh. Google cannot, it, Google doesn't index a picture or a right. video. Right. Google doesn't even do the audio out of a video yet. Well, not officially. So doing the writing is extremely important. Even if you're just writing a, a description of what mm -hmm. it's about, it might sound stupid, but it's not. Yeah, the search engines, Google, uh, I, I'm sorry, the search engines index title, description, and tags. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, 180 letters for, or characters for your title. You have, in some cases, up to 4,000 characters for your description and probably the first 13 tags are going to be useful or hashtags are going to be useful for you. So that's another way to uh, use it. All right, Jason, thank you very much for that question. Thank you for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you and my grandchildren sometime soon. Uh, oops, I, I canceled it out and then you put it up again. Um, so let's get on to the next question. And this has to do with, uh, with an area of... Uh, our industry that I have a real love-hate relationship with, and that is uh, social media. 
the varieties of social media. And on the love side, I love the scheduling component of uh, social media platforms like uh, YouTube, for example. On the other side, I have a hate rim, and Charlie would get mad if I was using the word hate. Uh, so I'll change it to upsetness with the uh, social media platforms that use the the equivalent of a newsreel feed, you know, a news feed. So if you're not there at the point that it's passing on your live stream, it just gets lost in uh, Never Never Land. So, um, uh, so the, I wanted to ask this question in a way that gave you the opportunity of our panelists, the opportunity to express their true emotions on this matter. So starting with you, Matthew, um, what is the good and the bad of social media and social media marketing. Matt, Matt you're on wait, mute. Here, let me, I can do that here. I got it, sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, so it's good and it bad can, of social media marketing. Yeah, it can be a, a black hole of uh, your time, a huge time suck with zero uh, results to show for it. And most, most businesses, approach men's social because they think they need social media. And um, it's it's really just because it's like a peer pressure thing. I don't know what it is. But um, I look at social media as a component to the syndication model of you have content, you're going to deliver it to where people are online. And social media is a great place to syndicate to. But ultimately, you want to interrupt them and bring them back. And and I think the positive thing with social media these days, unfortunately, is paid advertising because you can test the waters and find a very um, narrow niche audience and not spend a lot of money. And uh, places like Facebook give you all the data, not as much as we used to get last year, but um, we do get a lot. And it, it's a great place to test the waters with a small ad budget and it will tell you who cares and it will give you an idea of who you should be focusing on attracting because you know we're going to hit our networks and we're going to throw it out there but um it's it's really uh it, it can be really messy and um the the publishing platforms toby that you're talking about uh we use a lot of the tools to automate life and that's when social media gets fun when you can really step back and um and get ahead of the flurry and then focus on what I would call more important revenue generating opportunities um, and less social media, you find the vein, but um, it's a pay for play these days, unless you've been really smart with uh, building a massive audience and still clients that uh, have hundreds of thousands, they still aren't getting the action without putting a little dollar behind it. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Tim? What is the good and bad of social media and social media marketing? Uh, I'll, I'll start with the bad. So on the bad, I think I think there are still a lot of business owners that are unrealistic about what needs to happen on social media. You know, we're, we're just going to post our stuff and uh, <laughs> we're going to be good, right? It's it, it is social. Uh, you, it's not a one sided conversation. So we need to. I, I think a lot more people need to focus on the social side of it and starting to interact. That is how I think most of us can really benefit from using social media for our business. The good, um, I still think there's a ton of opportunity. Um, you know, as um, 
as Matt touched on, I think in a lot of channels, it has become pay to play, but I still think there are plenty of ways to generate business without paying on social media. Um, we just need to have a plan and we need to work that plan. And uh, just know that the plan you start with is not the plan you're going to end with. So you're going to have to make course corrections and modifications along the way. Thank you. Before we go on to Barbara, uh, Christy, I do see your question, and we will post that question on the screen after we finish uh, the panel members with this one. Uh, so Barbara, what is the good and the bad of social media and social media marketing? I have nothing new to add. Okay. Well, that's good. What well, you is that you're agreeing with everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jen, I know you have some thoughts on this matter. <laughs> I do. There are different, not all social media is created equally. Pinterest, uh, YouTube, these are more search engines than they are social media. So I'm really engaged in places where you can get a little more bang for your buck than Facebook, where Ignite Social did research and they found that the average Facebook post gets like 2% organic reach now. So it's just so low that you have to really focus on, um, like, you know, like other people have said on paying, um, but you can still have meaningful engagement and meaningful relationship building if it's true and authentic and you're not just spamming people in DMs and asking them, you know, to buy from you without ever meeting you. So whoever's teaching that, just stop teaching people that because it just doesn't work. Because <laughs> that's really the bad and the ugly of social media. The good part is that you can build genuine relationships, um, but you don't own your social media followers. So you really need to bring them to your platform, get them on your email list. And so you can engage with them in a more captive audience sort of way. Ty, your thoughts? Thank you, Jen. I'm glad you asked this question because I literally just had a client, I think it was two, three days ago, that was so excited because they got a new client from social media. They were just so happy about it. And I was talking to them about it. I had to ask, so on average, how many do you get per month or per week or whatever? This is the first client they ever got off social media. They've been spending up to two hours a day on social media for six months. <laughs> it's a time suck. You got to be very careful. You got to look at the return on investment. But I really like what Matt said, and I'm going to agree with Matt 100%. I love social media for demographics because you can do an ad. It'll cost you, let's say, 10, 20, 30 bucks at the most, and right. you'll find out who that ad appeals to. And I do that on Facebook and on YouTube. YouTube is actually becoming a great venue for video ads, and mm -hmm. it's cheap to do them right now. And so I use Facebook and YouTube just for the demographics. I mean, before Facebook, or let's say before social media came out in general, it could cost thousands to tens of thousands of dollars to get this information. And now you can get it for, for pennies, you know, pennies on the dollar, basically. So that's my take, take on that. Thank you. Thank you, Ty. Uh, DJ? I just finished my digital marketing expert certification to get up to date on Facebook. Congratulations. Little, thank you. And Facebook, I'm a little irritated with um, a little bit because they cap you out at 5,000 unless you want to be an author. And I am an author, but I've mm -hmm. already, I have too many accounts. I don't want to establish a new account. So I'm capped. Okay. So I don't like any social media that limits your 
you know, what you can do in your reach. Now, LinkedIn, I use for my exhibit business. And believe it or not, I do get business. And I am not a hunter that goes out there. I hate it when someone says, will you connect? I'll make sure we have a lot of common commonalities. And when they connect with me and they start hard, hard selling me, that turns me off as a CEO. Mm -hmm. So I don't do that to other people. I like to think of showing up to a dinner party, you know, bring a gift to the table. What are you going to give them? What kind of information do you give away for free that you can entice them to where they're going to want to come to you? And that's what I believe in in LinkedIn. In Facebook, I use it for a different avenue. I host an annual event for about 1,000 attendees and 100 exhibitors. And what I do is I use that for the paid advertisement. I actually have a budget going on right now, 175 a week. It starts this week and I'm doing the A-B testing on the design and the messaging and I'll track all the demographics and figure out the wide and the narrow. And that's how I use Facebook. Good. That's a good way to do it. I, I'll, I, although, like I said, I do have a very odd relationship with social media. I'm with, I think most of you want to say it's great for advertising and the advertising is great for de uh, collecting demographic data. Uh, we have had an occasional uh, uh, indication of interest from our advertising, but mostly I just use it for demographic demographics as the others do. Uh, and secondly, while it can be a time suck, you have to avoid letting you letting yourself turn into that, uh, because as I learned yesterday and probably believed, uh, uh, posting on Facebook is not the same as prospecting. Uh, it's a, a far reach end of uh, marketing. It's not really engaging engaging interactively uh, with clients. So my good friend, Christy, who we've done some work for uh, the college uh, that she's an administrator at. And when she, uh, when she used the letters TY, I thought she was addressing this to me, but I realized that she's addressing it to Ty, but I'll give anybody else who wants a shot at it. Uh, Christy says, you said focus customers on what they are not doing. How do you get customers comfortable with the change and new areas to tangent to pivot to uh, when change is so difficult for many. And she says, thank you. Ty, why don't you take that on? And then anyone else that uh, wants to contribute to the conversation, just raise your hand. Hey, thanks, Christy. That's actually an excellent question. Change is tough. But if there's anything we've learned in the last two years, change is also necessary. You have to change. And especially when I'm coaching, I talk to my clients about this. As soon as they say I'm comfortable with doing something, that's when I tell them we got to look at something else. Because it's when you're uncomfortable doing something is generally when you have the best growth. It's when you're doing something outside of your comfort zone. Hey, my comfort zone is sitting on my couch and watching movies, but I don't make a lot of money doing that. <laughs> and so, yeah, and yeah, it, it is difficult, but it's something I think as business owners that we need to do because if we're not growing, we're dying. There's no such thing as being stagnant. So is there anyone else? I'll put the question up again. Uh, make I'll sure go. It was covering up that. Uh, DJ, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I run across this all the time because when you're dealing with businesses of all facets, small and medium and nationally, and you see them, we've been doing this the same time. I know what I'm doing at trade shows, but I'm not getting leads. I don't understand because I'm doing everything the right way. And it's like, you got to think differently, you know, and you got to find your why. You know, I always tell people, you know, what is your why in business? Let's figure this out and let's figure out how to change the mindset, but get buy-in from the team. Because if you don't have buy-in from the whole company, it doesn't matter if one person wants to change and the other people don't. So I always say, you know, marketing with baby eyes, look at your business. And usually when they hire an expert, like someone like us on the panel, and we come in with the baby eyes, 
And if we establish that credibility and we can show that authenticity, that we're not just in it for money, that we're in it because we want to make a difference for their business, that's when I can find people will change. Very nice. Uh, thank you, DJ. Anyone else, uh, Barbara? Yeah, I'm not as sweet as DJ is, but I absolutely do the same thing. And um, so, first of all, I don't recommend anything to my clients that I haven't tried myself and that hasn't worked for me. Like, I don't I don't just read, a, like, well, I don't read it all. So people know that about me. I don't read a book. I got a PhD without reading. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't read something and then say, let's try it. I try it myself and if it works and if I'm successful and I give something a good amount of time and some of my other clients are getting results, I literally say to somebody, you know what, you're not paying me to be your friend. You're paying me to be your strategist and to tell you how to grow your business and make more profits. If you're not willing to do the work, then you're not my ideal client. So it's the same message, DJ, although you're much sweeter than I am. <laughs> I don't know, Barbara. You can be pretty sweet. I can be Well, I always say it's like with love, you know, get yeah. get on the program or it's not a good fit. Said mm -hmm. with love. Yeah. Anyone else like to contribute to this? Um, I'd like to jump in. This is Jen. I The one thing that I will say, you know, every client is different. We've talked about mindset. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Some people just need to see the data. Like you just get into the weeds and say, look, everybody's coming to your website from here or everybody's reading this article. <laughs> this is why you need to be doing this. And for some people, that's the most effective way to handle it is to say, look, you're already successful here. We just need more of that. And that is the change sometimes. And that's the, it's like a small tweak. It doesn't have to be like flipping everything on its head. Sometimes it's, it's small things that can lead to biggest, the biggest results. Yeah. I saw you starting to raise your hand, Tim. Oh, yeah, I was just going to uh, bring up the quote, and I can't remember where the heck it came from, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So if you're not happy with where you're at, you got you have no choice but to change. You have to do things differently. So uh, maybe, hopefully that helps somebody if you're having a hard time changing, because if you want things to be different, you have no choice but to change. Yeah. Uh, the quote was uh, at once attributed to Einstein. That's the yes. good news. The Thank you. Is, the bad news is I checked. It wasn't him. <laughs> hey, so was it? I, I still don't know who it is. Okay. So I thought you. I thought you were giving me the answer. I'm, yeah. No. 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 I'm afraid. I'm afraid not. I will add to this. I am, as of day before yesterday, 73 years old, and it is really difficult, uh, especially for someone like me, type A personality who spent his career in technology and marketing, to teach an old dog new tricks. But if there's anything that I've learned from my business partner, Shelly, is that, and she uses a variety of words, uh, flexibility, adaptability, resilience, pivoting, she better than anyone I've ever known. Uh, is ready to do the next big thing uh, and not to repeat the same attacks over and over again. And a classic example of that is we spent, I don't know, uh, I spent nearly 10 years in a treasure hunt that we based a YouTube channel on. And on June 6th, that treasure was found. And I went into uh, the five, I started the five stages of grief for all intents and purposes. And Sunday she called me and she said, I have what we're going to do next. And that was after a 10-year-long investment on my part. And she was ready to go with something new. And within a month and a half, we had written a book. 
you know, and, and marketing the book and marketing ourselves, et cetera. But she's really good at that, uh, the need, the, the recognition of the need to pivot and helping me get through it. So uh, what I've learned from that is how to help our clients get through it. Because a lot of our clients are what we call encore entrepreneurs. They're older and they're old dogs like me, and it's hard to teach them new tricks. And what she has mastered and what she's teaching me is how to help them get through that uh, because there's nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear in digital marketing. There is nothing to fear in the use of new technologies like live streaming and podcasting. It's perfectly painless. And when you're live streaming like this, people ask us, what if you make a mistake? The answer is, then we make a mistake because we're live and it could, and, and it happens. We've done very good. Sometimes I go off onto rants that, that are more than just a mistake. They're probably like, whoa, he didn't have to do that. But, um, but I've learned that resilience and adaptability and flexibility and all those other synonyms that go with that word are key to your success. You have to be ready for what's next. There was a point in my career where we were measuring the uh, evolution of technology by how long it took to produce the next size uh, processor. Uh, and at the time it was Moore's law every 14 months. And so we realized that we can expect uh, that we could expect that somehow or the other, what we did, whether, whether it was business and life was going to be impacted by that very simple technological change. Well, now because of it, what I've learned over the past couple of years is that we live in a place where we don't get a lot of uh, natural disasters. We don't have hurricanes. We don't have tornadoes. We don't have floods. We're very fortunate in that. On a, on a bad day, it's the wind is up to 40 miles an hour, right? But what the pandemic taught us is that there are kinds of natural disasters that are far more reaching and far more impactful uh, and that you have to maintain, even though you may not experience a hurricane, a tornado or, or a flood, you're going to experience these natural disasters. And if you're not prepared with your level of flexibility and resiliency to deal with them and make the pivot, you're going to get caught up on them, caught up in them. And, uh, and so you have to learn this old dog did, resiliency, adaptability, and the willingness to make a pivot to what the next be best thing is. And like I think it was uh, Tim said, um, uh, not only, you know, you have to deal with the fact that you can't continue to make the same mistake. That's insane. Uh, so you may have to pivot once a month for six months before you find something that's comfortable for you. Okay. So I'm going to ask this to make a lightning round because we only have about six minutes left in the program. The lightning round is what's the one piece of advice that you would give to our audience in order for them to deal with the coming year? And I'm going to start with you, Barbara. No. Okay. No. All right. Jen, I'm going to start with you. What's the one bit of advice that you would give to our audience so that they can deal with 2022 from a digital marketing perspective? It's to have strategic alignment in terms of what it is that you're offering, what it is that your people are doing, make sure everybody is rowing in the same direction, and then understand that your marketing is really an infrastructure around that. You can use all the techie tools, you can do so many different things, but it really matters most what happens when they get to you and your platform and that it's all consistent. You can have the greatest marketing in the world, but if it's a bad customer experience when they arrive at your door, uh, that's the biggest problem of all. So really pay attention to your goals, 
have strategic alignment in everything that you do. All right, lightning round, uh, uh, Ty. What's the one bit of advice that you'd give to your audience, the audience that's watching us today? I'm going to repeat what I already said. Look at what you're not doing. It's going to be tough. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be a stretch. But even if it doesn't work, you're going to learn something from it. So just, just look at what you're not doing and think about doing it. Great. DJ? Establish your goals and objectives with the strategic alignment, but really have your core values and your infrastructure in place because when the customer is ready to come back and look at you for business, they need that personalization and to know that your walk is your talk. Got it. Matt? Microphone, microphone. Pick your top two or three competitors and do a deep dive into what they're doing online. And... Um, start testing out what they're doing and what they're not doing, because uh, this is going to give you a roadmap. If you really want to dominate your space, you got to do what Ty said, what you're not doing. And uh, typically your competitors, because they're probably ahead of you, are doing the things that you're not doing. Thank you. Tim? Have a marketing plan. If you don't, you will not understand your priorities. And you will be like a squirrel chasing a nut because uh, there is a new tactic and a new guru saying you need to do this every damn day or week. So have a plan. And Barbara, can I come back to you? Yes. Okay. Just focus on giving value. Uh, right. Just focus on giving value. Come from the heart. So Tim, uh, Jason went to the Google. He said the first acknowledged reference to the definition of sanity was Rita Mae Brown mystery novel where one of her characters attributed to another character. Jane Fulton. Thank you, Jason. Okay, there we go. There we go. We got it solved. All right. Uh, last but <laughs> not least, before we go, and I'm going to start with you, Jen, because I know you have to uh, get to another uh, video conference. Um, tell people where they can find you on the internet, and if you have any downloads that they can get to, a call to action of some kind, share that with them as well. Sure. Bob, I'm, I'm most coming to you next. Okay, sorry, I jumped right in. Um, I my website is womenconquerbiz.com. And you can find all kinds of blogs, videos, tools there. I'm most active on social media on LinkedIn, although I also have a YouTube channel with a lot there. And if you are interested in a whole bunch of different marketing resources, you can go to womenconquerbiz.com slash free, and that will get you into all the free stuff. Thank, but thank you. you so much for having me. I really appreciated everybody here today. This was great. We are glad that you are here. Barbara? Okay, you can get in touch with me at team at organizationalrebel.com. And I do have something called Profit Acceleration Simulator, which shows you if you make small changes in your marketing, how it can increase your profit. And that is at profitdeepdive.com. And uh, for those of you that are either watching the replay or listening to the podcast, we will incorporate all these links in the description box below the video or the podcast. Tim? Best place to find me is our website, rialtomarketing.com. So it's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. If, uh, if you're struggling, you're not sure what the next step is for your marketing and you need some clarity, <clears throat> just hit the get a free consult button on that homepage. It's all over the place. And I'll be happy to chat with you and help you outline what those next steps should be to get where you want to go. Thank you. Matt? Uh, people can reach out to me through my website, MintSocial, MintSocial.com. Uh, we have uh, three tools, social, local, and mobile, which are uh, usually 
three good places to analyze how well you're doing. And uh, we'll do free audits for you and come back with a game plan. You can work with us or not, but uh, they'll definitely give you a roadmap to what's your priorities in 2022. DJ? Uh, you can go to exhib-it.com forward slash blog. I write a blog every week on marketing tips, a lot of educational tools. Also under resources on the website, there are some free white papers that give you some education on why face-to-face -face shows and how to get an ROI and an ROR, which I think is more important, return on relationships built at face-to-face -face events. Thank you. Uh, Anti, that's uh, Jen's uh, alarm going off. I'll bet. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Ty? Uh, our website is portbell.com. But always remember the cornerstone of all of your marketing has to be your website. But your website isn't going to do anything if the search engines don't like it. it. So go to Ty's free book, T-Y-S, freebook.com, and download the workbook, Is Your Website Search Engine Friendly? All right. Thank you. I do want to note this comment from my uh, uh, son, Jason, who says, thanks to the panel for the exceptional information. And I agree 100 percent. I want to thank, thank the much. panel for joining us today uh, in this. I want to especially thank um, Jen for acting in uh, uh, Shelly's stead. Shelly, we missed you. Uh, and we know you could have made wonderful contributions to today's conversation. And uh, we plan on having panels in the future, usually the first of every month, maybe the first of every quarter. We don't know quite sure yet, in addition to our regular programming. So if you in the audience have some ideas about what kind of panel you'd like to see in the realm of digital marketing, whether or not it's 2022, please send an email to support at messagesandmethods.com. Uh, all the information um, that you need to find us is scrolling below us on the video. But as I said earlier, I will incorporate that into the description boxes of each of the videos uh, and each of the podcasts as well. So panel members, I am so grateful, one, that I asked you to be here, and two, that you joined us today. You were an outstanding panel, very informative, and I loved being the moderator on it because I didn't have to do any uh, serious thought. I just have questions of you guys and let you uh, let you uh, think it out for us. But excellent information. I'm sure our audience, whether they're watching the video or the pod, listening to the podcast, will uh, learn from it. And we look forward to having you on future panels as well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate our panel. I appreciate our audience. I especially appreciate those of you who took the time uh, to enter comments into the chat room. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Keep an eye out for Shelly and I. We have a new Amazon live channel. You can find us at follow.videotero.com. And uh, if you ever wanted to learn more about photography, videography, lighting, audio, and live streaming tools that you can buy on Amazon, join us. We're having a lot of fun with it. So it's a really kind of cute because Shelly has a great time uh, with it as well. And Shelly, like I said, we missed you, but we look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow on your show with Jen on um, Women Conquer Business. So thanks again, guys. Have a good day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 hosted by Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.